0: Hey, welcome NFL football fans, it's that time again, time for another edition of NFL Football Talk. This is an Inside Sports production presented by Humanica Media. I'm your host, Charles E. Smith Jr., and we come at you every single week. You can follow me at Twitter at The Inside Sports. And remember, all through the NFL season, which is winding down, we're going to be here uh, every single week, giving you the news and our views and see what changes are coming, what shakeups are coming. And also, we pick the games of the week and all sorts of other uh, good knowledge for you out there. So, you know, I don't work alone here, but I have very high standards. I only work with the very, very best. So very proud to introduce my famous, uh, excuse me, my favorite East Coast intellectual. Here he is, man, many of you already follow on Twitter, and if not, you should be, at Sports. that's at C-H-R-I-S-L sports. From an undisclosed location somewhere in Southern California, here he is, Mr. Chris
1: Lardieri. Hey, Chris, what's up and out there, man? Charles, thanks again for a tremendous introduction. I was actually on the East Coast last week trying to get some sort of intellectual capacity into my brain (laughs) to bring to the show. So hopefully I do not disappoint this week.
0: Okay, well, you know, uh, you may have caused a major shakeup. From what I understand, I mean, is there any coincidence that you go to the East Coast and now all of a sudden just major things breaking out there for you, New York Giants?
1: Yeah, I guess I've got to be blamed to blame for that. Uh, Not only that, we passed on going to what ended up being an ugly Chiefs-Giants game, which could have potentially (laughs) been Eli Manning's last in the Meadowlands, wearing the blue number 10 jersey but uh look um it broke today while i can't say i'm entirely surprised i think what's shocking while also disgusting is that geno smith gets to start i mean if you're (laughs) going to use the excuse that you're tanking a season and you want to see where you are that's what you want geno smith a guy who can't even uh win against the jets in the third quarter of our preseason game you know let davis webb play if you're going to do that and i mean you know look we we knew the end was probably coming at some point but um, again, I've been beating this drum. I don't want to toot my own horn, but from the day the Giants signed Ben McAdoo, I was skeptical, <laughs> and this guy has even exceeded my wildest or lowest expectations, as it were. So I don't know what's going on there. If the Giants' uh, ownership, I know they've they've got kind of this tradition of, not firing coaches in mid They should have pulled the plug after that San Francisco game. What they're doing to Eli, whether you think he's done or not, is disrespectful. I mean the Giants did something similar with Phil Sims. They released him in nineteen ninety-three. Right. That guy won him a Super Bowl and you know, uh, for all intents and purposes on his way taking him to a second one. But this is even more insulting. I, I don't know what's going on. All I can hope is there's a major house cleaning in the Meadowlands come early January.
0: Yeah, and you gotta think maybe uh well and maybe Eli winds up getting to do something we had talked about earlier in the season, which is, you know, uh, he's on there in years, obviously. Maybe he goes to a team that's a quarterback away, and next season he might get a shot at getting back to that big
1: dance. Yeah, I mean, the Jacksonville rumor's already out there. and Judging by what Tom Coughlin said to a Jacksonville station today, I'm um, sure, that uh, light of hope is still alive. And, you know, some people are theorizing Elway may want another uh, washed up or close to being washed up Manning to quarterback his team. So uh, the rumors will be abundant, to say the least.
0: Yeah, I think so. And it, it's good for Eli, too, when we look at it, it, could work out for everyone all around, because he definitely, regardless of, I know it's it's been kind of topsy-turvy, and Eli has his detractors, definitely. But hey, he deserves a shot, you know, Jacksonville or Denver, and just one last shot at
1: glory, and then Hey, either you ride on the white horse or you don't. That's it. Absolutely. But, I mean, at the very least, let the guy play it out. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't think the streak is really what matters. and give the guy some dignity, a proper send-off. If at some point he feels like he's in harm's way, so be it. But judging by his face today in the, the locker room, I don't think that was the case.
0: Yeah, that's true. So, hey, you know, it's been a while since we did a broadcast. We took a couple of weeks off Thanksgiving holiday and everything. But, uh, you know, last time we talked, Ezekiel Elliott may or may not have been playing, and it turned out he didn't. The Cowboys are now kind of in a tailspin. But I think it just shows when they talk about – the announcers talk about the need for a running game to set up the pass, and what we're finding out is that, uh, well, Dak Prescott is not a one-man army there in in Dallas, definitely.
1: Yeah, and I think that's what we kind of discussed in our preseason shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, between the sophomore jinx and the fact that they're one of the top running backs in the NFL – they they clearly miss him. Even with Zeke, uh, Dax had his problems. I think the NFL caught right. up to him and they've kind of dared teams uh, to for, to, have, to let them beat him. Um, I, I also think too, hindsight's twenty twenty I get it. But should Elliot knowing what he's facing and the way Roger Goodell is and steadfast and digging in, should he have taken his suspension at the beginning of the season? Because you look now, I'm not saying the Cowboys would have been contenders, but right. they're heading to a brutal stretch of the schedule. And, uh, Honestly, it really looked like they could have used them Sunday, and uh, excuse me, Thursday on uh, Thanksgiving in Dallas. And, and one other thing to note: Darren McFadden clearly wasn't the answer. He retired from football today, so that does a lot to.
0: <laughs> right
1: Yeah, that's true. So let's go ahead
0: and move on from that. And you know, there's someone else doing some great work there, and I like the fact that sometimes the stars align for something really, really great. And when I look at Carson Wentz and that's in that NFC East just tearing it up. And here in a couple of weeks, he's going to be out here to play Jared Goff, who came in the same draft class with him. And they're going to rock and roll right out here at the Coliseum here in Southern California. So you got to love what Jared Goff is doing in his second year and also Carson Wentz. But it looks like Carson Wentz is really kind of above the – really on the curve. He's really at the top end there.
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are – talking about him as a potential favorite for MVP right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're kind of heading into a tough stretch here. They're going to play the Seahawks and then the Rams both on the road, two key matchups. So we'll see what he's made of. I think this will be his biggest test of the season so far. But uh, from a Rams perspective, hey, we haven't heard anyone criticizing Les Snead trading up to get Jared Goff or should they have (laughs) Wentz instead? So it's going to be a fascinating matchup. I'm I'm hoping NBC flexes it makes it the Sunday night game. So uh, a lot more people can watch it. Yeah, that's true. And that's uh, what I like with the Rams.
0: we got to talk about our hometown team here. And, uh, well, hey, Goff not only tearing it up, what I liked was this past weekend when they beat uh, New Orleans, we also had Sammy Watkins, you know, getting in there, finally getting a chance due to injury. He goes and gets in. And Watkins is probably the most talented receiver they have on the roster, even though for some reason he and Goff have not been able to get on the same page. But it looks like that might finally be happening now for the Rams too.
1: Yeah, from a purely self. Push perspective, having him on my fantasy team and starting him last week. I hope it does continue, but look, the guy's immensely talented, and if anything, uh, with Robert Woods and Cooper Cup also playing, it's hard to account for all three of those guys. They've really got a nice trio of receivers there. Yeah, definitely, and you know,
0: looking at uh, Minnesota, of course, Minnesota's riding a seven-game win streak. It looks like Atlanta may be getting back on track, so uh, the, the NFC playoffs. I mean, AFC. There's just a couple of teams, but NFC. It's you can look at any number of maybe five or six teams. And in Carolina, they're they're playing well, and looks like uh, it looks like Cam Newton may have gotten the swagger back that he had two seasons ago. He's finally over the Super Bowl and everything else, and uh, shoulders looking good. Greg Olson's back on the field, so going in. I mean, Carolina, New Orleans, Minnesota the L.A. Rams, the Atlanta Falcons, the Philadelphia Eagles. It's its going to be wild.
1: It's a really stacked conference this year. When you look on the flip side, and as of right now, Tennessee and Jacksonville make the playoffs. I mean, deceiving what their records are, but I don't mm-hmm. think they're anywhere near in the category of, say, Atlanta, Carolina, New Orleans. Um, you know, even even Minnesota. I know right. some people are skeptical well, of them. That's a nine and two team with a really tough defense. I think uh, any of those at this teams at this point probably wish they were in the AFC. Yeah,
0: that's true. So, and jumping over to the AFC, the Steelers making. You know, as I still say, I think the AFC is theirs to lose. But making a, uh, <laughs> and this is why I wanted just a little note for some people who might gamble occasionally. When the Steelers are playing and there's a widespread like they had against uh, against the Packers this past week, they never cover it. <laughs> they, just, they just don't. The Steelers can take what should be an easy game and turn it into an adventure. Uh, they all, they Normally they, do, they will win those games, but they'll wind up winning by six, seven, uh, maybe eight points or something like that. But I can't figure them out. I'd like to see them really start
1: just steamrolling teams and especially steamrolling weaker teams. Yeah, definitely, because right around the corner, they're going to be playing the Patriots in a game that will ultimately decide the number one seed in the AFC. Mm -hmm. So uh, better get their act together this coming Monday night in Cincinnati or else uh, the Patriots are really going to be in the driver's seat. Yeah, that's true. And the Patriots,
0: I don't know know how they keep doing it. But at a certain point, you just got to give them props. You know, Belichick and Brady, I don't know how. (laughs) Nobody does. But, hey, they just keep doing it. The best duo probably in history there.
1: Absolutely. I mean, this is a team everyone was pretty much writing off because their defense was so atrocious. Mm-hmm. And even on that side of the ball, it looks like Belichick and Matt Patricia had figured things out. And the secondary's kind of gotten organized. So uh, yet again, they've got to be the front runners on that side of the conference.
0: <laughs> yep, there we go. Okay, everybody. So like I said, we have different segments here. About to get into the picks of the week where we take five of the more intriguing matchups and uh, give you our take on those. We give you our uh, so-called expert opinions, see how they line up with yours. We have fantasy football advice and also our Gambler's Delight special coming up. But before we get into that, Mr. Lardieri, uh, a few moments, please uh, share some of your wisdom
1: with the fans. You know, this is going to become as a shock to our uh, loyal viewers and listeners, but I've uh, got something positive to say about Roger Goodell. Uh, last week in New York, I went with uh, my son, my brother, and a good friend of mine to something called the NFL Experience in Times Square. And it's a little bit of an interactive-type museum, history of the NFL-type thing. They've got a lot of memorabilia, interactive videos. They've got a really cool 4D movie with seats that vibrate and move as players get tackled, uh, one point, uh, weather comes into play. I won't ruin the surprise for you, but uh, really cool. They've got the Lombardi Trophy on display, a bunch of Super Bowl rings, um, and even some green screen features, including a uh, one where you uh, pretend to get decked by a Gatorade bath, which my son and I really enjoyed. But uh, it looks out on Times Square. It's really cool. I believe the grand opening is later this week. We got a sneak peek at it the, the second day it was open. So uh, if you're in the New York area, check it out. My son is a diehard football fan liked it a lot i mean the the workers are all very friendly they've even got it wasn't open yet that they got a bar in there you could watch games and order food and beer they've got a guy walking around selling popcorn which is pretty cool like you're at a game so uh (laughs) roger goodell good job there i i've got to hand it to you we're going to be fair here
0: all righty so well you always got to give
1: credit where it's due and you
0: know uh, i guess jerry jones is not going to sue the nfl because of roger goodell is that then who exactly was he going to sue so it's the NFL, who what what is that?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm not quite sure. Is that like the Illuminati? I, I really don't know. I, I think at some point Jerry, I mean we know Jerry is, he's got a big ego and right um, he invented the NFL and created the uh the brand that is the Dallas Cowboys. But at some point, um, I don't know if his soul's been entered by the ghost of Al Davis, but this has reminded me of uh Davis and Pete Rosell back in the day where it seems like whenever Al didn't get his way, it ended up in court. So this is purely fascinating to see how Kraft and Jones have turned on Goodell in the last couple of years.
0: <laughs> okay, there you go. Okay, folks, so let's go ahead and get into the picks of the week. We're not doing badly so far here on the season, and we do this every week minus the couple of weeks we skip, but I'm looking at uh, I'm 33-17 and 17 on the season. Uh, Chris is right behind me at 30-20. and 20. So let's go ahead and get into the uh, picks of the week and the very first game, Mr. Lardieri, take it away.
1: Uh, a fascinating, excellent matchup here in the NFC. The Vikings, who are actually, believe it or not, uh, three-point underdogs, head into Atlanta to the brand-new Mercedes-Benz Dome to take on the Falcons. These are two teams that are really kind of uh, been on a roll lately. Case Keenum, look, um, apparently the problem in L.A. was not Case Keenum and Jared Goff. It was Jeff Fisher and yeah. his offensive crew were really that atrocious because Keenum looks like a different quarterback. Um, Adam Theron, really an an underrated player, in my opinion. We know a lot about that defense. On the flip side, I guess uh, for the Falcons, Steve Sarkeesian's gotten things on track because Julio Jones had a Julio-type day with uh, two touchdowns, 250-plus yards receiving. Even uh, Mohamed Sanu, high school quarterback in New Jersey at one point, threw a nice bomb to Julio. So I I think this, this could potentially be an excellent matchup. Uh don't know why I think this is more of an intuitive momentum type pick, but I'm gonna go with the Falcons. They're at home. I feel like their offense is clicking a little more. While the Vikings have, have really done well offensively under Keenum, I do think they uh this is gonna be a major challenge for them going down there. I think it'll be a close hard fought game, but uh I like the way the Falcons are playing. No disrespect to the Vikings.
0: Yeah, well it's uh you know Falcons have won three straight. They won four or five. The Minnesota has won what seven straight games. So yeah, it's hard to pick here and it's easy to go with the you know, the Falcons, maybe the home field advantage, but I like the Vikings. I think I think their defense is hungrier. Their defense is better than the Falcons, and I think that will be the difference in the game here. They can get after Matt Ryan a little bit and uh, take away that time that he has to find Julio Jones down the field. But this is gonna be a great game. Probably the game of the week unless it's the uh game that we're gonna pick pretty soon here. But I'm gonna go ahead and take uh I'm gonna take Minnesota to win this game.
1: And right off the bat we disagree. It's good that things are back to normal after a two week hiatus. <laughs> there
0: we go. So the next game, uh Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions, uh, they lost to Minnesota on uh, Thanksgiving Day. That snapped a three-game winning streak for them. Then we got Baltimore. Baltimore sitting six and five. Both these teams are six and five, uh, right on the fringes of the playoff hunt. Baltimore, though, has won three of four games. But uh, when I look at this game, I I kind of like Baltimore, even though they win ugly. They they just play ugly. And whether win or lose is just an ugly game when it comes to Baltimore. No disrespect to the team or their fans. But – um, I, th- I think they're kind of they're headed in the right direction right now to win games the way they want to, and with Detroit, when I look at their six wins, uh, not really impressive. The only win they have is I think it was win the week two win against Minnesota. They beat them fourteen to seven, but other than that, they beat a bunch of non-playoff teams. So with that in mind, I'm going to say uh, Baltimore. I like Baltimore playing a little bit tougher football, and Detroit goes in. there. I think they get dragged into deep water. You're going to see Stafford have kind of an ugly day, and uh, I like Baltimore in this one.
1: Yeah, the Ravens play ugly football, but we uh, passed through Baltimore on our way back from D.C. last week, and I must say it's a very nice stadium right near Camden Yards there. But uh, that said, I, I think this is another tough game to pick between two teams that right. you never know are going who's going to show up on a week-to-week basis. I'm going to pick the Lions solely because I think at this point um, this could make or break their season. They're coming off uh, three extra days rest, whereas the Ravens played last night. uh, A nice win, albeit against a banged-up and weakened Texans team. Um, At the end of the day, I I do think Matt Stafford will will his way and carry this team to victory. Um, I don't know why or how other than the fact that I think uh, the defense at some point is going to have to force some turnovers and make Flacco look mediocre like he has at various points this season. So uh, I'll go with Detroit to keep their playoff hopes alive. Yeah, and when you talk uh, when you
0: talk about Flacco looking mediocre, I was surprised what they said on Monday Night Football when Sean McDonough talked about Flacco uh, not really forcing the ball down the field and him wondering that since they won that Super Bowl, he hasn't really looked the same since or even before, as he said. So you wonder, did he just is he actually that good, or did he just happen to catch lightning in a bottle for four or five weeks and they won the Super Bowl? So some pretty harsh criticism, which you don't normally see on us. Uh, on a football broadcast, especially from the play-by-play guy.
1: Yeah, and that's naturally because John Gruden doesn't criticize anyone, so Sean's got to pick up the slack. But I I agree that it was interesting.
0: (laughs) Okay, so, hey, next game on the docket, and this should be a barn burner. Take it away, Chris.
1: Another excellent one between two NFC South contenders. The Panthers go into New Orleans, into the Superdome. Um, This game could easily have ramifications to see who's in the driver's seat for first place in that division. Uh, Going back years, I mean, these two teams always seem to have hard fought battles and teams you think shouldn't win do and vice versa. And the road team comes in and gets big victories. Uh, I'm going to go with the Panthers. I really think they're on a roll. Well, I don't think Cam is playing spectacular. Football right now apparently kelvin benjamin was a problem in charlotte because once they shipped him out of town that team seems to have rebound but uh what i see and watching some of the the ram saints game what stuck out to me is the saints are clearly a running team alvin camara probably with front runner for rookie of the year mm-hmm. really helped that offense but uh at the end of the day if you can stop the run in, in spurts and force breeze to throw I mean, as crazy as it sounds, it worked for the Rams last week, and I think the Panthers' defense is really playing well right now. As we mentioned before, Luke Keekley plays. The Panthers seem to win, so I'm going to go with Carolina. Yeah, I like that, and
0: the fact that Cam Newton looking more and more comfortable, and Greg Olson is back in the lineup too. As he said, he's got his dog back, you know, so <laughs> that's good for the for the Panthers. But also when I look at New Orleans, they, not only did they lose to the Rams and really – If the Rams had a little bit more of the the killer instinct that they really need to get to the next level, I think that game really wouldn't even have been close. But uh, the week before, they really, truly should have lost to Washington as well. So what I'm seeing is New Orleans, uh, they're kind of trending a little bit downward now. Maybe teams are getting used to what to expect and understanding that Breeze isn't going to just put it in the air 50 times a game. But I I like, for all the reasons you said, that Carolina defense, Luke Kuechly in the middle, I think Carolina goes in, and I think they're going to take this game. So I got to agree with you on this one, definitely.
1: Ah, that, that's a rarity. This is music to my ears.
0: <laughs> okay, and then the next one. Hey, you know what? Not every game is a barn burner. Uh, some of them are just interesting. So, the Denver Broncos at three and eight, they've lost seven straight games. They were once two and one, and then the wheels came off uh, in Miami you play the Dolphins. Dolphins lost lost five straight they're four and seven they were once four and two before their wheels came off so two teams two buses with the wheels off so where do you go with this one well from what i understand matt moore uh, is going to i think he's going to get the start again this week it Is because cutler thankfully is in concussion protocol and i say <laughs> thankfully i mean for the team not for his future health as a human being everybody okay i understand concussions are serious but. Uh, Yeah, two teams also with good defense that got tired of being on the field all the time for every play. So I'm going to go with the hometown Dolphins here. I think finally the Dolphins get it together. I think the team does kind of like having Matt Moore there at QB. And this is a time to come in. If they can get after uh, the Broncos a little bit, get them down early, I think we can get a victory there. My Dolphins. I'm going to go with the Dolphins.
1: I'm going to agree with you. Not a heck of a lot of analysis here other than again, yeah. I know Keeb Tlaib won't be there to rip off anyone's gold chain and start a near riot. So uh, <laughs> at, at the end of the day, is mediocre word you'd like to use to describe Matt Moore is, uh, he's better than whoever Denver puts behind center. So I'm going to go with the Dolphins. And uh, yeah, I, I get what you say about Jay Cutler, nothing personal, but let's face it, this right. guy's got a job lined up for when he ultimately retires again with Fox.
0: And, you know, I got just got a full disclosure. It was between this and the game between the Giants and the Raiders. So it was like with the Giants, do you want to pick a, a team with Geno Smith versus a team with no receivers? So we could have analyzed that game as well, but just wound up this one wound up on a coin toss and we're both going with Miami.
1: I get it. Yeah, we could have padded our victory total with Oakland picks. So at least we had to think <laughs> on this one. <laughs> That's true. So go, let's go ahead and break down this last game
0: here, Chris. Uh, should be a good one. Yeah another force great and immovable object.
1: Sure, absolutely. The uh NFC front runners, the Philadelphia Eagles head up to the Pacific Northwest to play the Seattle Seahawks and their 12th man. Um look, I love the way that Carson Wentz has played this year. All props to him, but we've discussed this. This is a team that really hasn't been tested too much other than playing Carolina on a Thursday night. This is test number 1 of this stretch run here and uh got to hand it to Russell Wilson as well. This team seems to have a different running back every week, lots of injuries, issues on the offensive line, and yet he's still got them in playoff contention. Mm-hmm. I know the Seahawks are missing Richard Sherman. They're banged up in their secondary, but they uh, solely off a of home field and the, the sheer will that Russell Wilson has to win. I'm going to go for the Seahawks uh, here off of uh, a lot of gut and the fact that uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of skeptical somewhat in, in the Eagles right now. And until they prove me wrong, I'm, I'm going to go with Seattle.
0: Well, I got to go with, you know, the Eagles are a five-point favorite in this game. But I'm going to go ahead with the Eagles. And I would think I might agree with you had they not picked up Jay Ajayi a few weeks ago. But with Ajayi and LeGarrette Blunt in the backfield, I mean, you get tired of those two big hammers just coming at you by the third quarter. Defenses start to wear down. That starts to open things up. And uh, I, love, I love Seattle. I love what, watching Russell Wilson just uh, is magical. Only way to say it is magical. And the difference between he and, uh, you know, Michael Vick is that Vick, uh, or excuse me, not Vick, but Wilson has those nimble feet. So no matter which way he's rolling, he can just on a dime set his feet and throw the ball and drive it downfield to a receiver. That's something that Michael Vick could never do. He couldn't get his feet in the right positions if he's rolling to his opposite side. But um, that said, Philadelphia is the real deal. I think this is going to be a good test for them, but when the smoke clears, I think uh, they emerge victorious, and this will be uh, victory number 10 in a row for the Eagles.
1: Uh, The the glorious
0: Eagles. (laughs) Okay, so that's it. We've done the picks of the week, so – Now comes one of our uh, favorite segments here, and this is for obviously just entertainment purposes. If you happen to be in Vegas where gambling is actually illegal, you're wandering by the sports book, you got $20 burning a hole in your pocket, and you just got to bet on a football game. What are you going to do? So we pick a game here. We pick uh, the Gambler's Delight every week here. So far in the season, I'm six and four. I believe Chris is sitting at eight and two on the season. So, uh, Chris, go ahead. You're the champion. What do you think?
1: What's your gambler's like, do deal I pick for the week? Sure, so I'm going to go with one of the games we picked. The uh, Panthers are actually getting four points in New Orleans. I think that's a lot. You know my theory. I like to pick uh, teams getting points. Uh, I like it when they get more than three, three and a half points, whatever the case is. You're getting four here. Well, I think the Panthers will win outright. I'll uh, hedge my bets and say that the game will be close. I could see them at worst losing by a field goal. This is a team, uh, like I said, has a lot of momentum going right now. i I do think that uh there's a very good chance they will win but you never know in the nfl there's a lot of backdoor covering and strange things that happen late in games so uh take the panthers plus the four um if you were looking somewhere else uh the, the the fact that the seahawks are getting five at home i just wanted to point out i it's i don't think that's happened in five years so <laughs> that one really stuck out to me i just didn't have the guts to do it and uh have a little more faith in carolina but uh that's definitely one line that made my eyes bug out a little bit. Yeah, that's true. And you know what? I'm going to stick on that same game and go back to something
0: I said at the beginning of the season with the yeah. New Orleans Saints. And that is, whenever New Orleans plays, you're probably pretty safe if you bet the over. The over or under on this game is 48 points. Um, I like that. I'm going to go ahead and play the over on that. So. I'm going to say on the Carolina-New Orleans game, over 48 points. You play the over, take Carolina on the points, and, hey, you come out a double winner next week, and you can thank both of us on Tuesday.
1: So a 28-21 Carolina victory it is. I like it.
0: (laughs) Okay. So uh, that's it. We've done the picks, the gambler's delight. And now for all of you who – may uh follow the league as opposed to watching games i guess that's the problem here with the nfl but anyways fantasy football time with uh resident expert mr lardieri many 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 years of experience and wisdom so mr lardieri you have the floor fantasy football
1: thank you um look i clinched first place in my league a 14 team league i have one loss i'm still stunned at how it's happened but uh I, I want to point out one thing. My quarterbacks stink. Marcus Mariota's had an average year at best. I wound up with Jacoby Brissett as a backup at some point and not quite sure how. I get my points from the likes of Alvin Kamara, DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, um, Sterling Shepard a few weeks ago. So the point is, you don't need a great quarterback. You're looking for someone out there on waivers. Start building that running back, and wide receiver depth. And then that gets into my advice for the week. Uh, if you're in the playoff hunt, you've got to be aggressive out there on waivers. Any one one game can really swing things. You get into a tiebreaker, you could sneak in, and at that point, you just want to be in the playoffs. A lot like the uh, the NFL itself, the number one seed doesn't always win. So there are a couple names out there that I find interesting. Um, if by some chance Case Keenum's out there, and he may very well be uh, in some of these leagues that aren't as deep. Grab him, he's really playing well. I was skeptical, I let him get away. I wish I had him now. Uh, kind of a deeper sleeper pick, Jimmy Garoppolo was named starter for the 49ers this week. Mm-hmm. This guy's going to be auditioning for a job. They play the Bears, they got a couple other favorable matchups coming up. Go grab him and his wide receiver, Marquise Goodwin. He's been playing well. I think he'll benefit from Garoppolo being the starter as opposed to CJ Beathard. That's another one. You need a running back. There are two out there, I recommend there's Devontae Booker with the Broncos. This is a team that's clearly in uh, disarray, and, and he's going to look to make a name for himself. He's getting more touches gradually. I mean, the bad team, who cares? As long as he gets a rock, at you a touchdown, go grab him. You could pr- probably be had in a lot of leagues. And then also, too, I've got Doug Martin. I think it might be time to cut bait on him. Jaquiz Rogers played for him while Martin was suspended at the beginning of the year. I think he's worth a look. He runs effectively. Um, you need a running back or someone's hurt, or you stuck with these duds the Cowboys have. Go get them. Uh, You need to stream a defense this week. Um, The L.A. Chargers, I mean, look who they play, the Cleveland Browns. That's always good news for your football team, your fantasy team, anything other than the city of Cleveland. So uh, there's someone to get right there. And finally, if you're like me and you're a number one or a number two seed and you know that uh, your team's going to have a bye if your playoffs start week 14, um, basically you need to start looking at the schedule and figure out who's going to be playing in week 15. I know the Patriots play the Steelers. Ah, uh, you might not want either of those defenses because those teams look like they've been putting up points. That's just one thing to point out, and then look to see uh, who's playing the Browns, for instance, that week. Or, uh, you know, I think the uh, I think the Broncos play the Colts that week. That could be a, a case where a lot of offensive players run wild. So. Start doing your homework. If not, and you're going to get in the playoffs, start looking at the week 14 matchup. This is the week where you can go on waivers and pick up a guy who may have a bad matchup this week that everyone will overlook and go get. So uh, good luck. I hope you make it. And um, even though I've got one loss, I'm still kicking myself for not taking Jared Goff from free agency (laughs) in week one.
0: (laughs) So one thing we know is if you're in fantasy football, do not get into a league with Mr. Lardieri because the best you can do is hope to finish second place pretty
1: much thank you yeah this is actually one of the rare occasions where I've been in first at the the regular season I've been more like the uh, nine and seven Giants tr- when I make my Super Bowl runs uh, back in uh, <laughs> back in the day but yeah I mean um, for, for whatever reason this year the stars were aligned um, dodgy injury bullet knock knock and uh, it appears as though picking Julio Jones even though he was mediocre for most of the year over Odell Beckham Jr. made me look like a genius when in reality it was just the luck of the injury draw. right. There you go. Okay, everybody. So we
0: covered it. Uh, NFL news, the picks of the week, Gambler's Delight, fantasy football, one-stop shopping right here on NFL Football Talk. Remember, this is an Inside Sports production. Charles E. Smith Jr., Chris Lardieri, every single week through the season and the playoffs all the way through to the Super Bowl will be here for you. Follow me on Twitter at The Inside Sports. Follow Chris on Twitter at Sports. that's at C-H-R-I-S, the letter L. And then sports, remember everything, uh, fantasy football, whatever you want. One-stop shopping is right here. We're kind of like uh, Walmart without all of the uh, union problems.
1: How about poor service and lines at the cashier, too? That's my the thorn in my side.
0: Yeah, there you go. All right, Chris, before we sign off, uh, any words of wisdom for everybody out there?
1: Yeah, a couple quick hits. So this uh, keep-to-lead Michael Crabtree fight resulted in both players being suspended for two games, and everyone was talking about how the NFL laid down the law and the hammer dropped. And then right before the show started tonight, uh, I see that they were reduced to one game, and this is what drives people nuts in the NFL. Are they really There's no rhyme or reason to suspensions. Elliot gets six games where it's questionable as to whether he deserved that much, and then two guys uh, have – Fights over a gold chain and beating the crap out of each other on the field two years in a row, and they only get one game. So yet again, the NFL leaves me scratching my head. And then, note: I I didn't realize this because I was out of town. But uh, former uh, Ohio State great, uh, also played with the Patriots and Cowboys in the NFL, Terry Glenn passed away in a car accident last week in Dallas. Um, Really Mm -hmm. sad when you consider he was a a young guy, and uh, you know he was Drew Bledsoe's favorite target. So. Sorry to hear that. My uh, condolences to his family. But uh, kind of bummed me out when I read that just because, you know, it's not like he was a older NFL player who kind of lived a good life. Just very tragic to see that, especially for a uh, one of Bill Parcell's favorite receivers, as I remember him. Yeah, well, uh,
0: Parcell's definitely uh, initiated him into the league, that's for sure. And, yeah, only
1: 43 years
0: old. And also he caught Tom Brady's first-ever touchdown pass as well. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, thoughts and prayers go out to the family, even though that's not the thing to do anymore because thoughts and prayers don't help anything. I'm reading all over social media, but you know what? I don't care. That's what I do. That's what I say. If you got a problem with it, hey, you know what? You just deal.
1: Well, thoughts and prayers don't help on social media. They're supposed to stay in your head. So that's what I do. <laughs>
0: Okay, everybody, remember that's NFL Football Talk, Inside Sports Production. And also for all you NBA fans, we do have on the same platform here, presented by Humanica Media, we do have uh, NBA every now and then, and that is hosted by Gerald Glassford and Anthony Barbarin. They also offer some good expert advice on the NBA upcoming games and such. So for Mr. Chris Lardieri, I'm Charles E. Smith, Jr. signing off. Thank you for watching NFL Football Talk, Inside Sports Production, presented by Humanica Media.